highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Notice in verse 1 of chapter 18, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, notice in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. And so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. And there was a severe famine in Samaria. Every creature is unique in the song that it sings. All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struck with Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. This remarkable drought lasted three and a half years by the fervent prayer of Elijah. Earlier, God told Elijah to hide himself. Now it was time to present himself. There is a time to hide and be alone with God. And there is also a time to present yourself to the world. Some wish to always remain hidden when they should step up and present themselves. Elijah simply obeyed God's command. Though it happened through the prayers of Elijah, his prayers were sensitive to the leading of God. The drought did not begin or end as a result of Elijah's will, but at God's will. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins chapter 18 in the book of 1 Kings. Well, good evening. Glad to join you again. Uh, Let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to look at chapter 18 tonight, but uh, it's a fairly lengthy chapter. If you remember last week, we looked at uh, the introduction of Elijah. Elijah the prophet, a very notable prophet. And at the same time as Elijah came on the scene, there was a wicked king from the northern ten tribes known as Ahab. And it says that uh, Ahab had done more evil in, in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. And on top of that, if that wasn't small enough, um, he took to his uh, as wife a daughter of Ethbaal, uh, the king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him and even set up altars for Baal. And it was around this time that Elijah came on the scene. And remember, whenever a prophet comes into a, a town, it's usually not a good thing. He, he's, he's coming because he's warning, he's going to bring warning, or he's going to bring news of judgment unless there is repentance. And, and so whenever you see a prophet come into town, um, you might want to get on your knees automatically and start confessing uh, to even stuff you've never done. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, but it's important, and Elijah is going to prove himself to be faithful to the Lord, and we're going to see him go through, between now and uh, several chapters, we're going to see Ahab and Elijah and Elisha, we're going to see their ministries and how God used this man and his protege, Elisha. In, in such wonderful ways, at a time when Israel was completely absorbed in her sins, completely absorbed into idolatry, and specifically Baal worship. And Baal worship, Baal was a, 
a Canaanite god, and the, the male part of him is Baal, and his female cohort uh, would be Asherah, who was the female counterpart to, um, to Baal. And they were the goddess and the god of not only the, the land and the sky and the storms and rain, but also the god and goddess of fertility. And so tonight we're going to be seeing Elisha, Elijah, I'm sorry, really squaring off with not only Ahab, because Ahab was seeking to kill Elijah. Because remember in chapter 17, upon hearing of all of these things and God sharing with Elijah, he says, go and, and tell the king that there's going to be a drought until, until you say so, Elijah. Until I give you word again, there is going to be a drought in the land. And if you have been to Israel or have been over to the Middle East or the Near East at, at any time, you know that it's a very dry and arid place to begin with at certain times of the year. And so to have a drought in this this time and in this area, it becomes especially troublesome because now the animals, the livestock, the, you know, the, the grass begins to die and those things that the cattle and the livestock need and the brooks dry up. And so it creates a real problem for the people. And remember, God did something really unusual in the fact that he, after he pronounced, made this pronouncement of judgment really against the land to Ahab, that God told him to go to the brook Cherith, which is on the, on the east side of the Jordan River. Remember Samaria, the, the capital of the northern ten tribes, the, the capital was Samaria. So um, Elijah tells, uh, from your vantage point looking at me, Elijah tells Ahab in Samaria this prophecy, this judgment, if you will, to get their attention. And so immediately afterward, God tells them to go across, east, across the Jordan River, into this place called the Brook Cherith. And there, God does something really unusual. He feeds this godly prophet by an unclean bird. An unclean bird, Levitically, because we know that eagles and ravens and birds of prey that eat carrion Uh, and eat blood, um, they were considered to be unclean animals. They weren't to eat those things, but God uses, and and notice how God, his hand is not short. You know, he he doesn't, um, just because the bird is unclean, God is going to use this bird, this raven, or ravens actually, to come and feed Elijah bread and, and meat. And um, and then and then after the brook dries up after some time, he's probably been there for some time. The brook finally dries up, and then God tells him to go to Sidon, which is now going north from uh, over this area on the east side of the Jordan. Go, he's going to go up up over the uh, Sea of Galilee, up into the area that you and I would call Phoenicia, or today it would be Lebanon. And he would minister, or be ministered to and taken care of by a woman from Zarephath, from Sidon, a, a Gentile woman in a very pagan land. And God was going to use this Gentile woman to take care of Elijah. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why couldn't have God sent Elijah to one of the believing women in, 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 uh, in Israel? Well, he probably looked and couldn't find any. <laughs> And so he sends, and this is a great indictment. In fact, Jesus, 
uh, says this later in his gospel, and we'll look at this later. You know, he instead of to the, the people of Israel, God's got to send his prophet to a, a land that is filled with idolatry, to a woman whom the Jews would consider unclean because she is a Gentile. But God would use Elijah there to minister to this woman and to her son, who in the time that he was there, he became sick and died. And Elijah prayed for him, and the the young child was restored to life. But look at with me, we're going to read through uh, chapter 18. It's a fairly lengthy chapter, but I want to do that to kind of uh, get the, the context of this passage. Notice in verse 1 of chapter 18, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, notice in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. And so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. And there was a severe famine in Samaria, And Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for so it was, while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and he fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go into the land, to all the springs of water, and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses the horses and the mules alive, so that we will not have to kill any livestock. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him, and he recognized him, and he fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him and said, It is I. Go tell your master, Elijah is here. And so he said, How how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when he said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that he would not find you, or that he could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from you, that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab, and, and, and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. He will kill me. And then Elijah said to him, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, And Ahab went to meet Elijah. And then it happened, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. 
So Ahab sent for the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? Is the Lord, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. And then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bowls, and let them choose one bowl for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, Jehovah. And the God who answers with fire, he is God. And so all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. And so they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. And so they cried aloud, and they cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances, until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, But notice, there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. And so all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And so the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel... Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. And so they seized them and brought... And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. And then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain And so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And then he bowed bowed himself on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. 
And then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And so he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a a heavy rain. And so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, this is such an amazing chapter, isn't it? I mean, it's one that we've heard in, in, in Sunday school when we were kids, and it's such an iconic uh, chapter. And really what we see here is a battle between God and the devil. <laughs> and ultimately that God has jurisdiction. Can I get an Amen. God has jurisdiction. Yes, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And yes, for now, for a season, he is the ruler of this world. But we also know Psalm 24, where it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. In fact, the heavens are yours. The earth's also yours. The world and all of its fullness. The universe actually is his too. He made it. He spoke it all into existence. The heavens declare the glory of God. He knows the stars by name. He can count every one of them if he so chose and give us a name for each one of them. And he would be delighted to do so. But unfortunately, it'll take eternity for us to hear it. So we see a battle between good and evil. And remember this, brothers and sisters. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Although the enemy seems strong and formidable and like a tank going toward a little mouse... And we are like that little mouse right now. And we feel sometimes, don't we, overwhelmed by the the wickedness in the world. And it's so easy to get despondent. It's so easy to lack faith or to to get discouraged. Anybody here discouraged? I'm going to raise my hand. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to act like some super saint because I am not. I get discouraged. and And it happens quite often, to be honest with you. But we don't need to fear. It's very natural. It's very human, unfortunately, for us to feel that way. But we must remember in the times that we live, and when we see evil seemingly overtake our land, that God is in control. We have read the end of the book. Do you believe what's happening at the end of the book? Remember when we took a year and two months going through the book of Revelation and how we, we looked at how the things going through, when we were right in the middle of COVID, how all of these things were lining up, all of these major doctrinal things are lining up exactly the way the Bible told us they would. Either God is in control or he is not. And we are just in this, it's all just chance and we're just left to the wind. But I, I, I beg to differ. Because Jesus made a point to make sure that we knew ahead of time. Because, again, he's the good shepherd. And he goes before us. And he tells us these things to settle our hearts. And see, the the world around us, they don't know that. And so they're very uptight. They're very scared. And they don't know what to do with themselves. That's why crime and drug abuse and alcoholism and everything under the sun is ramping up. Because there's no hope in America. The only hope for America is Jesus Christ. There is no other hope. There's no other hope. Even if a Republican president was to get into office, the only hope still is Jesus Christ. 
We must remember that. It's a battle between good and evil, and we see it on full display here in this chapter. Let's go back to verse 1 now. Notice it says, and it came to pass after many days. And notice, even in the third year, after many days, yes, in the third year. And what is this a reference to? Because in uh, the previous chapter, in chapter 17, it gives us this time frame. Because remember, it says in, in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, it says at the end of that verse, that there shall be no rain uh, or do these years, these years, except at my word. And because God, Elijah's word was God's word. He didn't take, you know, it was God's word and he was just the messenger. But notice, these years, except at my word. So now we're three and a half years have passed. Elijah has been by the brook Cherith. The brook dried up. He's been to the widow at Zarephath up in Sidon. And now... He goes, God, after the end of that three and a half years, God tells him to go back down and talk to Ahab again. And that's where we are right now. And yes, according, according to Jesus, it was three and a half years. You might want to make a reference in your Bible to Luke chapter 4. You don't have to go there, but just write this reference in your Bible. Luke chapter 4, verse, beginning in verse 25 through 27. And let me just read it to you because Jesus tells us. It wasn't three years, it was three and a half years. Because Jesus, uh, speaking at the synagogue in Nazareth, where they had rejected him, remember he opened up to Psalm 60, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 61, the, 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 the hand of the Lord is upon me and has given me, you know, and I, I preach good tidings and all that. And at the end of that, remember what he said? It says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, and the Jews lost their mind, they grabbed Jesus, they took him out to the brow of the cliff of, of Nazareth, and they were going to throw him off the cliff and stone him, but he somehow was able to get out from among them. Probably they were arguing so much, he's just like, okay, I'm leaving. And then, and then he left, but, but notice, during that time, he says, I tell you the truth, and he, he references this, what we just read in, verse seven, or in chapter 17, he says, But I tell you truly, many widows, and this is part of the, the thing that got him in trouble with the Jews while he was there as well, in, in, in the synagogue at Nazareth. He said, But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up, three years and six months. There it is. And there was a great famine throughout the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And we'll read about that later. And the Lord speaks to uh, Elijah now to go and to speak to Ahab. And so Elijah went to present himself, we know that. And it says in verse 3 that Ahab had a servant by the name of Obadiah. His name means servant of Jehovah. And notice what it says in verse 3, that he feared the Lord greatly. He feared Jehovah greatly. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it, what is a man like Obadiah doing in the palace of, uh, of this wicked, wicked king? And his wife, Jezebel. I mean, what, what is he doing? But you know what I find interesting is that God sometimes, he, he has his servants right where he wants them as a way of making them accountable and hopefully being an example before them. 
It's important for us to do that in our wicked world that we live in too. Not to be a part of it, but to to be an example, right? God wants us to be an example. He wants us to be an ambassador for him. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.